Warning, this podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to the last exit on Main Street. I have been playing with this all day. Wow, okay. I think it might be the most um, frustrating thing in the world, actually. I reckon so. so. I reckon I would probably end up launching it. We haven't got one in the house. I was about to ask you, can, can you do one? Or? No, I never have been able to. I used to have one as a kid knocking about. I used to have it in my bedroom, but I never really learned how to do it. I always just used to pick it up, fiddle about, put it back down. Sorry, we're, uh, welcome to the last exit on Mainstream. We're uh, talking about Rubik's Cubes. I'm Rob, he's Jamie. Hello. Yeah, if I've got the instructions in front of me in an hour and I can sort of work my way through it and get it done, and if I do it loads every day for a couple of weeks, it kind of sticks for a bit, and then if I stop doing it, it just kind of disappears and I need to go back to the instructions, but I've got to get that like muscle memory in there for a bit. So there's a universal algorithm that you should be able to follow to get like any Rubik's Cube from any from where it is to done and it's like first of all you make it make a daisy with the yellow square in the middle and four white petals okay and then you match up all the different corners so you've got a white side but then if you've got a foot for the white side but one of the corners is in the wrong place but you don't realize that until like half an hour down the line you've got to go all the way back to the start to fix it right okay like it's so frustrating see as a kid Fiddling with the one, I would have never even realised, obviously, that there was a, a way to do it. There was instructions, there was an algorithm to it. It was just like, you sit and you try and do this, and eventually you might be able to figure it out. And I never did, and my attention span had left me by that point, and I moved on to something else. <laughs> yeah, I reckon every household in the country had one of these at some point. Definitely, yeah. Um, they are really annoying. Like I say, if you don't check the pattern properly while you're going, even if you're following the instructions, it, it's, yeah, it's just... It's a nightmare. Um, but when you look at like the kids in this World Cuban Championship and how fast they are, they're just like... Um, and that's the subject of the film we watched this time, isn't it? We watched Speed Cubers on Netflix, um, a documentary about Rubik's Cube competitions. It's the World Championship yeah. competitions, isn't it? And it follows two, two individuals in particular, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's a wonderful little film. And I, re- I, I think I've watched it six times this week. Have you? And I think I've cried every single time. Do you know what? It does. It is a bit of a tearjerker. The mo- some moments it's, in it. It's, it is. Um, it is a really nice documentary. It's considering it's um, it's it's got its own world championship uh, that they do hold around the world, don't they? And um, you know, it tends to be teenage kids that are competing in these championships you would think that there was a and there might be it might just not have been in this documentary but you would think there was an element of competition and that it could get a little bit feisty at times wouldn't you yeah but it it wasn't really like that it was quite nice everyone was quite supportive and they were all seemed to be cheering each other on didn't they and that was really stood out yeah yeah so the speed cubers is a netflix documentary that tells the story of the world's top rubik's cube solvers max park and felix zemdegs it follows max and felix as they compete in various competitions around the world and they keep breaking world records each other's world records isn't it they seem to pass the records back and forth all the time 
And it also shows their personal lives and a friendship that develops between them. Yes, I mean, the documentary opens up a little bit about Felix's story and where he starts and sort of where he starts because he's a few years older than Max, who comes into it later, is very much... um, So it wasn't the age of the internet as is now where it would have been very easy for him to load up his videos onto all of the social media platforms and it'd be so easy to sort of be seen. It seems like it was a little bit little bit before that time and that he was coming into it around as these platforms were developing that would have been easier for like kids now straight onto YouTube and the thousands of them that all solving Rubik's Cube. So he was a bit more at the beginning of it and because it's kind of niche, he kind of brings it up and make and, and brings it to, to popularity at the same time, especially with the records he breaks. Yeah, I think he was probably the first like wonder kid because he at one point he he held every record and was winning every competition um, and he's getting put on to, like, as you see in the film, he comes up, he's, he's put on all the TV shows, shows how quickly he can do a Rubik's Cube and that, isn't it? And yeah. he's very much portrayed early in the film is this is the guy to beat. Yeah, it, it it does sort of follow the the pattern of documentary series. Like if you if you ever watch like um, the bike racing or the F one, there's always one who's the main man, and and then it, it brings in the the protege who's going to take over, and uh, who, who you know is going to come in and take over. In yeah, so yeah, so we start off with Felix and we get his story, and then we move to um, Max, who is probably the would you say he's a star of the film or certainly in terms of like doing the Rubik's cubes, he's certainly like the prodigy coming through, isn't he? Yeah. I think he's, um, and obviously given his, his background and his story lends itself to sort of a, a higher sense of a feeling of achievement that he's managed. Max is very much the child prodigy in terms of Rubik's cubes. He's, um, he's an autistic child. He's, like six years younger than Felix is, and his mum has gotten the Rubik's Cube to help with his, uh, like, fine motor control and stuff, and then he shows a real aptitude for doing it. He becomes hyper-focused on on the Rubik's Cube, doesn't he? And that's where they notice his sort of... It, 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 he shows a real interest, and he, and he starts to, to sort of, yeah, refine his skills into it. Um, I thought Max's parents were amazing. I thought they came over really well. Um, his parents are amazing. Uh, I can't imagine having a child, a, you know, you have your baby and you think it's going to be one thing and then it, all of a sudden you're told it probably isn't. And the fact, you know, how, how they've coped with it and given him every opportunity possible to run at the stuff he's good at and he, stuff he cares about, whereas... You know, it'd be quite easy to fall into, we'll just get through this. And I'm sure there was a, there would have been a spell where it was, let's just get through this. But they they come across as um, two professional types, don't they? The documentary doesn't delve too much into, but you would, as as a viewer, I looked at it and thought, maybe they they, they weren't expecting this um, and they weren't expecting life 
for Max to turn out this way, and it took them a, a real adjustment to try and understand that. But they do understand it, and they do start to, and he does start to connect with Mom, doesn't he, through through the Rubik's Cube. But there was something else. What else did he... So there was just, um, at one point, she's telling a story about, like, he wouldn't engage at all, barely any eye contact, they were, you know, barely any, I won't say speech, but like like verbal communication, and he would just do his own thing, and then she decided that basically, you can do your own thing, but I'm going to do it as well. So if he they're down, she would lie down, and um, if he played on the piano, she would play on the piano. And then there's a little section where they're playing with telephones in a in like a play tent, and the dad's filming it, and he and they're playing like, like talking to each other on the telephones, and then the dad tries to come in, and he shuts the oh yeah he shuts yeah, the yeah, tent yeah. up, doesn't he? Because no, you can't come in. Yeah, and then you know, and she that's for her is what she felt was like the breakthrough moment, yeah. as it were, because it's first time it was like, no, this is just us actually, yeah. dad on your bike you know <laughs> and then they get the rubik's cube to help develop his um motor skills his uh his hand coordination and stuff and that's when they realize that all he wants to do is try and solve it and he's just fiddling all the time and then she learns how to do it and teaches him how to do it and then he's just running from there he's just desperate to get faster and faster and faster and faster and he's got his little stopwatch. Yeah. And there was the, the first time that Felix heard of him was there was a video going around on the internet of Max doing a four by four Rubik's cube in under forty seconds. And he fat and he heard about this video, watched it, and it was like, "How's he doing that?" And like try, tried it for two hours and couldn't get close to it. So he's like, wow, this dude's going to be good. But the main story, the story really kicks off, I feel, when Max goes to his, uh, starts going to competitions and the parents are very much like, this is to help him with his social skills. He gets to see how the other children are behaving and what they're doing. And then, you know, hopefully they'll bring him out of his shell a little bit. Yeah, and, and they point out little things like when he makes podium that, he he looks at how the other kids are standing and holding their trophy and their certificate yeah. and he adjusts himself to kind of copy what they're doing and, and parents think this is going to be really good for his sort of social skills and we'll keep bringing him and that's where it develops, doesn't it? Yeah, and then at one of the events is, I think it might be his like first international event, he sees Felix Zemdegs, doesn't he? Like, And he's just like, Oh my God, that's Felix. That's amazing. You know, and he's just, just like really comes alive. He's like his hero. Yeah. Yeah. And they say to him, like, he's the first person he asked for an autograph and the first person he had a photo taken with. And this kid just is absolutely, he's like, that guy's my hero. And because he watches him, doesn't he? He watches him on like YouTube and. And then the film kind of picks up because Felix, who sees. Max coming through and breaking all these records and like gunning for him. He could go, This is my rival. I need to crush him. Like, let's say Lewis Hamilton might with an up and coming driver next to him. Yeah. Felix goes, This dude's really cool. He's really good at the things I'm, I'm doing. 
but he needs a bit of help. So I'm going to take him under my wing. Yeah. So ev- every time he breaks one of Felix's world records, Felix is the first person to congratulate him. Yeah. And it's like, if Max doesn't want to do something, it's very much like, oh, well, uh, Felix cleans his teeth before he goes to bed at night. Oh, I best go and clean my teeth then. Yeah, it's almost like that he, he wants to be... He wants to do everything Felix does so that he can yeah. be Felix or he can be as good as Felix and get Felix's times. And there's even like one clip where they're eating a meal together, all of the competitors and the parents, and Felix will pass him a bowl of food and then he'll say, well, make sure you get your vegetables there, Max, as well. And he'll copy him. And, he'll, and, and the green stuff. And the green stuff, yeah. And uh, and he'll it. do it as well. Um, there was a few other little things I noticed in there as well, and it might be because um, we're just, and this might be more for um, the Talking Dad podcast, but we're just starting Isaac off on like trying to get him a, a diagnosis. We think he might be on the spectrum somewhere. I'm going to speak about Max, but it's really it's every single one of those competitors. Yeah, they've always got a Rubik's cube in their hand. Yeah, and they're always twiddling. And they're all they're they're always flicking in you know I think in in like the autism world they call it stemming don't they yeah. where they come up with these um different ways just like you they'll feel comfort just from just a fidget like a, like a bit of a yeah a tick or you know like they say stemming yeah but they they're always it, it looks like they're practicing all the time but it's more like a an anxiety strategy blanket. yeah comfort and, yeah and they, and they do it all the time and then they'll even sit down and they just have a little practice before they actually do the the real thing yeah yeah yeah. There was one bit in the film, I think it was, they said it was his second competition and he, I don't know if he, what, did he win his second competition, Was did they say? And then he goes up to get his certificate for, for winning the competition and he's got his Rubik's Cube in his hand and he gets to the thing and rather than taking his certificate, he reaches over to give his, give the other blokes Rubik's Cube a little twizzle. Did you spot uh, that? No, I didn't notice that. Is that like a sort of just checking yours is real sort of thing or, or I'm just... I don't you know, know. Just... I, I, but I thought it was a really... I don't know. I just thought it was a really, it's almost like, it almost felt like his way of showing a bit of affection. Right. Like I've got the same, you know. Because if that was a child that um, didn't have autism and did that in a competition, you might think, well, he's just ribbing him a little bit there, isn't he? Yeah. He's a bit, nah, nah, I won, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you watch it and you, you see the background, backstory, you think maybe that was a, I don't know, like a, just have a little test to see if yours is the same as mine type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, playing yeah. the same game type of thing. Um, one, sorry, we are jumping around a little bit, and I do apologise. Um, One of the best bits I thought, and it really showed, like, the sportsmanship, was there's a scene where Felix is in the bar with his friends, and it's so, is not for the camera, but he's, they're talking about Max, and they're just like, yeah, so he's... Um, Max is the main threat to beating you. And he's just like, Max is a king, man. He's amazing. He's, yeah. And you can see it's genuine. It's not just being nice because the camera's there. He's like yeah. properly in awe of what his friend can do with a Rubik's Cube. And I thought that was really lovely. He seems like a really genuine dude. I thought, I thought he, uh, Felix almost had the similar kind of fixation with it. But as you see it throughout, you obviously he has to be in that position. But as he gets older, and and sort of it, it tells you in the documentary about him, sort of mm. having to do more adult type stuff and getting a job, an apprenticeship, or whatever it, it is, an internship. It says, doesn't it? You start to see that that 
kind of part of his life is he's at a bit of a crossroads, a bit of a, a fork in the road the where yeah. you know he might have to leave the competition behind because he's not going to have enough time to do that. Yeah. Whereas um, with Max, you know that's never going to be an no. issue for him because that is what he does and that is one thing that he's hyper-focused on and he's never going to change that unless he finds some other thing that replaces it. It, it is interesting to see because he could be, like you say, looking at Max to say, well, I need to make sure I smash him out of this competition and that he doesn't come back type of thing. But he's not. He's almost He almost kind of looks at him as if to say, yeah, yeah, I yeah, won't, yeah. I've, I've, I've got all of these world records, um, but I know if anyone's going to beat me, I don't mind if it's you type of edge to it. And it, it does come across. There's genuine love between them, though, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's like his little little brother or like a little, little friend. brother, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that goes around all of the competitors because they're all cheering on each other. There's no, like, I want him to win, I want them to win. It's like, I want you to do your best, and whoever wins will be happy for. Yeah. And they're a right little bunch of nerds, aren't they? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, the one, the other thing I noticed with Felix as well was that, um, um, there's the, um, then we get to the competition, like the world championships, and they have various categories, don't they? So there's like, you can get a seven by seven Rubik's cube, and they have a championship for that, and they have one for doing it blindfolded, and one for a four by four, and there's a triangle shaped one, and there's doing it with your feet and doing it one-handed. I didn't and know there was all that Max to wins it. most of those, doesn't he? Like, completely sweeps, sweeps the board. Yeah. And it gets to the three-by-three, three, which is the standard Rubik's Cube, gets to the three-by-three three final, and that's, like, the best one. Like, the best one you can win. This independent podcast is written and produced by Rob Jones and Jamie Anolfo. Please support them on Patreon so I can have some fresh vegetables. Yeah, so we get to the 3 by 3 World Championship final and Felix has an absolute nightmare, yeah. doesn't he? And you can see him. The, um, you can see him internally melting yeah. down as it's going on. He keeps... Do they get three chances? Three chances of a score? So it's an average. So you, right. No, you do... So you do Three Rubik's Cubes, and it's an average of your score. So you add them all up and divide right. it by three. Okay. I wasn't quite sure what they were doing at that point, but... Yeah. Um, right, okay, yeah. So And you can, see, you can see him. He knows he's having a nightmare. Mm. And he's not had a very good competition either by his standards because he hasn't yeah. won anything. Uh, did he finish... If, I think he finished fifth in one competition. Yeah. And it's in his hometown, and his family are there, and you can see he's really struggling. Yeah. But again, he's just like... Like Max comes out and he um oh um the bit where he's walking out Max is walking out from the the green room as it yeah. were onto the stage and his mum just goes like keep it steady because what happens when you compete with Felix Zemdegs you get those are world records because Max because uh, Felix's standards are that high that if you're going to beat Felix you're going to yeah. be the best like and I really I thought that was a lovely touch but then yeah Max comes out and. To say, yeah, he's just not quite on it, and he doesn't. He doesn't win. No, he doesn't win. And and even 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 um, at that point, you've got Felix is like his mates are going like, oh, make some room because uh, if uh, 
Peter wins, he's going to run for it. And Felix is like, nah, Max has got this. He's got yeah. this. And then he doesn't have it. Like, and does, it's he just, say, does he say, Ma- you know, uh, it's on, does he say Max is the king again? It's no, he, I think he Max says Max has got, got this. this. Yeah. 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 It's down to like yeah. his last cube, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's it. And he's got to get less than 6.7 or something. He ends up getting seven seconds and that's like, yeah, but then it, after and, that, it comes into like the like the winners ceremony bit and the the podium, and it shows you Max and Felix together, and it's almost like teaching Max that it's okay not to win on this occasion because look, Felix hasn't won, and he's he's just completely okay with it. You can tell he's upset, Max. And he keeps saying to his mum, it's okay, isn't it? It's okay, isn't it? And and I think he has a bit of a cry at one point. He says, I didn't um I didn't have the luck or the luck didn't work, something like that, he says. But then when Max comes through, he says, Um, it's okay, it's okay, isn't it? And Felix is like, Yeah, of course it is, but you know, you might not have won, but that's what make, makes us stronger. And he accepts it from Max, where he does you don't get the impression he does quite from his mum. But if Felix says it, then it must be true. And then there's a little bit, just a couple of minutes later, where I think he says something like, dang it for Felix or something like that, yeah, doesn't he? he wanted Felix to, to do to win and do better. He wanted Felix to do really well. And he knew, and like, he knew Felix could, he knew Felix must be sad and disappointed, but he doesn't know how to express yeah. it. So he's just like, he just says to his mum, dang it for Felix and she's like yeah and then she's talking it then she speaks and she's like I just need Felix to know how much we all love yeah, him yeah you know? yeah that's when I start going like yeah watching kids cry is terrible yeah there's um but... one or two moments in it where you kind of go yeah I don't really cry very often at things but occasionally there'll be one or two moments and there is a moment in that way you kind of just slightly catch a choke and you think yeah, that was a nice touching little part. I think for me, it's the the lack of ego yeah. that's yeah. involved, yeah. and they genuinely care about each other. And I don't know if it's if it's because it's that type of niche competition that that's what that creates, or is it because? many of the competitors might be on the spectrum that that they don't tend to have that ego because they they aren't worried about what the other person's doing because they're too focused on what they need to do and how they want to do it that the ego doesn't come in then that through that yeah have you got a favorite part of the film i think i think it is the little bits where because Max, because you can see elements where you think, well, Max could be a real stubborn bugger for his parents, can't you? And then Felix just comes along and he's immediately looking to see what Felix is doing. And, it, and so I, I do think like it doesn't necessarily point it out in the film. But I do think like Felix is aware of how Max can be with his parents sometimes and Felix will come over and try and help. So he'll he'll pick something up or he'll do something or he'll eat his veg and Max is watching and all of a sudden, Max is doing it because Felix did it. And you can see his parents kind of just sort of drift into the background and sort of watch it. Yeah. But let's be fair, right? If you were, I don't know, down the park kicking a ball against a, 
kicking the ball against them and then your mum or dad told you not to and you didn't and they told you not to and they didn't and then David Beckham came along and said, Oi, Jamie, yeah. wind your neck in. Yeah, yeah. You would. And that's his oh, equivalent, yeah. isn't it? You know, it's, I don't know. I love it. I think it's an amazing film. I, I think I watched it last year and I just felt like, yeah, this is something else. I think it's wholesome and it gives you some hope. Yeah. Gives you some hope that not everyone in the world's an horrible yeah, fucker. Yeah, definitely. Like... That's what you can take away from it. It's um, that should be the review front page. <laughs> when I first heard of this film, I was like, "Rubik's Cube World Championships." Like, is that actually a thing? Did you know I didn't that know was that. a thing? I mean, I'm not really surprised now after the fact because after I've looked into a few other things um, and other weird traditions and champion world championships. But yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have expected that I would be sat talking to you about it. Um, maybe not so soon e- either. So, yeah, I think as well because like when my kids play Pokemon, I know there's a, there's a world championship for Pokemon, um, and you can watch those on YouTube. I suppose most board games would have have some competitive element to them. So like Scrabble, backgammon, and bridge—they're always played in card games there's the world championship poker but you had a little look at some other weird and wonderful competitions around the place I didn't did. you? what did you find I, I was well i was about to say i was deep diving into the weird and wonderful world of obscure world championships but i didn't quite get as deep to dive as i uh i was expecting really a couple of these i've heard of in the past and i think they might have popped up on a a separate Netflix documentary at some point. There was Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling and Wake, and that takes place on Springbank Holiday at Cooper's Hill near Gloucestershire in England. Two hundred uh, Participants race down the 200-yard-long hill after a round of double Gloucestershire cheese as it's sent rolling down, and the event tra- was traditionally held... Um, for people who lived in the local village of Brockworth. And and it's a proper steep it's, hill. It's a well, very steep it? hill with lots of um lots of tripping hazards. It's not a nice I was gonna say flat, but it's not a smooth slope. It's a it's a proper craggy old hill in the middle of Gloucestershire. And I've I've this is the one that was on another documentary type series where they they covered in the, and I think like chili eating competitions and eating competitions were involved in that series. I remember watching it now, and um, the 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 rollers cheese and you're never going to catch the cheese, are you? They roll the cheese down and these people just go flying down the hill after it, bouncing all over the place. And you see them cartwheeling, yeah. don't you? It's, it's, oh, dangerous! I mean, that's going to hurt. And <laughs> um, what else did you find? And so I found the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships. This one. I bet that's in the West Midlands somewhere, is it? Let me have a look. Held annually in Ramsbottom, Greater Manchester. So not quite. I was a bit surprised, actually, that that was so so north. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought the West Midlands was the home of Black The event was originally held outside the Corner Pin Pub in nearby Stubbins before that pub was closed and converted into offices. Money raised by the event is donated to local good causes. Excellent. Do you want to know what actually happens? I'm just trying to have a look on it. I it's... can imagine they 
throw a black put in. Do they try and get it round a peg, it's peg or something? It's pretty self isn't it? Um, yeah. Is it like hoopla? They got to try and get it round a peg. Competitors must knock down knock down the most Yorkshire puddings placed on a 7.6 metre high plinth by hurling three black puddings at them. And that's definitely a real thing, is it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. It's um, local legends claim the tradition dates back to the War of the Roses. Nine, uh, 1455. So it's a proper old tradition. Well, I've got a little quiz for you. Let's let's hear about your quiz. So, so some of these are going to be real things with a world championship. Some of these are going to be traditional games that maybe have just fallen by the wayside and are just played in the back garden. And some of them I might have just made up just to see if I can catch you out. So, ready for let's these? Let's go. Chess boxing. Chess boxing. Hmm. Is that like one punch each round? You punch, then I punch? Chess boxing, as the name suggests, combines the strategy and skill of chess and the physical demands of boxing. The game consists of 11 rounds, 6 rounds of chess, and 5 rounds of boxing. Players can win either by knockout or checkmate. I think that's made up. That is an actual thing. I don't know if there's a world championship or not, but that is an actual thing. Do you know where that originates? Probably Russia. Yeah, fair. I was going to include that face slapping stuff, and that was all Russian. So, yeah. uh, um, the next one, I've next one on the list: wife carrying. I say that's a real one. This sport originated in Finland and involved involved male participants carrying their female partners through an obstacle course. The prize for the winning couple is the wife's weight in beer. I'm in. Sign me up. Okay, here we go. This one should be quite easy for you now then. Marbles. Yeah, it's real. What, real world championship, real game? I think there will be some form of world championship or something around that, yeah. Okay, the British and World Marble Championships takes place on Good Friday, so not long from now, at the Greyhound Pub in Tinsley Green, West Sussex. It was won last year by Colin Gardner and Layla Cara in the men's and women's singles events respectively, and with the Yorkshire Meds beating the Black Dog Boozers in the final of the team event. Do you remember Fun Wars when we were kids? Yeah. One, two, three, four, I declare a fun war. Come on then, what do you reckon? My son's actually just discovered this and he keeps coming home to ask about if we can do it. Um, oh, that's a tough one because I know it's a real thing, but it does it have its own sort of competition. Um, yeah, go on, probably. Yeah. The Fun Wrestling World Championships are due to return to Norwich in 2023 after a hiatus due to the pandemic, where the current belt holder, Paul Braves, will defend his championship. Shin kicking. No. This sport originated in England and involved two participants wearing white coats and holding onto each other's collars. The objective is to kick the other person's shins until they fall down. The pers- uh, the winner is the person who remains standing. Wow. There you go. Bog snorkeling. That is a real one because I saw that on my list. Okay. Takes place in Clanworted Wells. Apologies for the... Uh, 
pronunciation, and involves participants swimming through a muddy trench filled with water. The objective is to complete to complete two lengths of a sixty-yard trench in the shortest amount of time. Tiddlywinks. No. Just this month, Matthew Rose beat the long-term title holder, Patrick Barry, in the World Singles events, which you can watch on YouTube, and I'll put a link in the show notes for anyone that's interested. Wow, okay. Conkers. Yes. The World Conquer Championships are held on the second Sunday of October near the town of Angle in Northamptonshire, where I used to live for a while. Uh, last year's winners were Fee Elmore and Randy Toponitsky. It's it's closely related to the World Nutshot Championship, where competitors take it in turns to kick each other in the balls until their opponent can't continue. There was controversy at last year's competition where, just prior to the final, Scottish entrant Big Davy Borbag found out that his Georgian competitor and current champion, Vasily Hujanikabolikov, had just made a pass at his wife of 35 years. Davy lined up correctly in the final, won the toss and went first, delivering with a swift shot to the balls, which left the current champion dry-retching into his hands. Davy then left the arena, forfeiting the match, but with his pride and balls firmly intact. Is that is that real or is that a short story you've found? So yes, there is a Conquer Championships. <laughs> I made the second bit up. <laughs> it's a short story I wrote. Thank you very much. World Nutshot Championships. There you go. Uh, so that was the Speed Cubers. Um, it's a really, really lovely film that really warmed my heart and gives me a little more faith in humanity at a time where, you know, that seems to be a little bit short. Um, we'll leave a link to the film in the show notes along with some links to other sporting events we mentioned earlier. And there's also links to all the social media stuff, Instagram um, mainly. And of course, you can contribute to the Patreon. That'd be cool. Um, I've been Rob Jones. He was Jamie Anolfo. And that was the last exit on Mainstream. Cheers. Thanks for listening.